Amen. Way. I, I'm not sure what happened with that, but it's okay. Not the first time it's ever happened. But uh, I am glad that I'm in the house of the Lord tonight. And you know the Lord has control, so He knows better than I do. And it wouldn't be the first time I've never sang, and it wouldn't be the first time you ever heard me sing. So it's not like, you know, anything of that nature. All right. Amen. But I want to talk tonight. To you, I think we're going to have it on the screen up here. If you'll get that up on the screen for me, uh, we're going to speak about hope tonight. I I wanted to uh, speak about hope. And so we're going to get that up. All right. I'm getting off on a good start, aren't I? Must be going to be good because with the end, that's what they used to say when the enemy started that stuff. It must be going to be good. There we go. Hope. All right. Now, before I start tonight, I, I want to tell you something about hope. That is a hope chest. Now, some of you younger ones may not know what a hope chest is, so I'm going to explain to you what it is in case you don't know. Years ago, when I was young, and of course my wife was young, I think she started when she was about 15 with a hope chest, or 16, Hope test was hoping that eventually they were going to find a special person to be their husband, their ladies. And they had great anticipation about that. So they were preparing for the future. And they had, usually it was a cedar chest, and we still have one at my home that she had before we were ever married. That was her hope chest. And ever so often, they would buy or someone would give them a gift. It was like a dowry. And they would place it inside of that hope chest, hoping that someday, she was hoping someday, she would find someone magnificent just like me. <laughs> but that was something that she, she prepared for. And she placed that in that hope chest. That's what ladies used to do. So I looked up the word hope in the dictionary to see exactly how they would describe the word hope. It means a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. A feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. So when they placed these things in that hope chest, they were hoping, they had a feeling of expectation and a desire that someday they were going to take out of, and I don't know what all they had in their hope chest, but take out of that hope chest and put those gifts to good use. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13 and verse 13, it says there's three things. The pastor Bill preached a wonderful message on this. It says, And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Now, that was love. And if you remember a few weeks ago, Pastor Bill preached 
a really stirring message on that. And I told him that he did, and I even asked him for a copy of it. In 1 Corinthians 15, 19, it says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now notice, it says, if only for this life. It didn't say we didn't have any hope in this life. It just says if we only have hope in this life, we would be of one place says, of all men, most miserable. We would be a miserable person. We wouldn't have any expectation if this was the only hope we had. But I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But we have more than hope that's in this world. And if there's one thing the world needs besides love, it's hope. We must have hope in this life. And also, we must have hope that beyond this life, there is another hope. In fact, the Bible tells us that hope is a necessary thing to even function in life, because when you lose it, you're really down on the bottom. Have you ever said to someone, or you looked at them and you said, they're just a hopeless case? There's nothing can be done with them. They're a drug addict. They're an alcoholic. They're no good. They won't work. They're just, there's no hope for them. Do y'all know anyone that you've ever viewed that way? Now, you know you have. I have. There's been people I thought, there's no way on earth. I mean, it's like a hopeless case. It certainly take Almighty God to do something with them. Well, it took God to do something with all of us. But we have to have hope. Have you ever been in a situation where you just felt all hope was gone? That there was no hope for you? That you felt that everything was beyond your control? Well, you wouldn't be the first one. In the book of Luke, chapter 8, Verse 43 through 48, I want to read and tell you about someone that you already know about. It says that a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stands to stop. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. And sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, you know, and I'm reading the same verse again that somebody had touched him. I want you to look at this lady a little bit. You're talking about a hopeless case. It's mentioned a couple times in the scripture that for 12 long years she relied on physicians. I thank God for physicians. And I thank God for physicians. 
I'll be able to get an amen all that. Man, I don't like paying them, but I'm glad they're there if you need one. But she spent, she relied on physicians. She incurred debt. She was in a hopeless case. She had given up and thought there is no hope for me because I've been trying for 12 years to get rid of this problem that I have in my body. She felt hopeless. But somehow, way down inside, something began to stir within her soul when she saw the men from Galilee begin to walk by. And the Bible says she said within herself, you can talk to yourself, she said within herself, if I could but touch the border or the hem of his garment, I know I would be healed. The border of a garment, if you look in the Old Testament for the priests, were tassels. And they were made of royal blue. The color was royal blue that was threaded through it. And it spoke of holiness of that priesthood. The tassels on the bottom of the robe and the color of the royal blue was a sign of holiness of that priest. In fact, if you read in the Old Testament, no one a priest, uh, approached the high priest front to front. In other words, not face to face. They came behind the priest, the high priest, and then they would touch him if they needed him for something. In Mark chapter 6, verse 56, the Bible says that the, the cities and the villages laid the sick in the streets, wanting to touch the border, the tassels, the bottom of his garment. And, and the Bible says, and I don't know if he has it up there, and as many as touched him were made whole. So she knew something about the priesthood of God, I believe that. She knew something about touching the border of his garment. Why not touch his sleeve? Why not try to touch him up here? Why touch the border of his garment? Because she knew he was a holy man. She knew he was a holy prophet. She knew he was a holy priest. She knew there was something different about him. And she said, I just can't go and stand before him. But I know one thing. If I can kind of slip around where no one can see me, and I can touch the hem, the tassels on his body. If I can just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, I know that I am going to be made whole. And the Bible says the moment that she touched the hem of his garment, power and virtue came out of Jesus, and she was healed immediately as she hid herself. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Who touched me? Who slipped up behind me and touched the hem of my garment? Who touched my holiness? Who touched my power? Who touched me? What is it you wanted? 
Who is it that touched me? And they said, Lord, do you know how many be, how many people have touched you? Do you realize how many have brushed up against you? He said, I know that. But there was somebody, someone touched the hem of the holiness of my garment. And I know because I felt something go out of me. The power of God came out of me, that holiness of the Lord, and has done something for them. And that little lady said, it's me. It's me. I'm the one. I'm the one that touched you. He said, just your, your faith, your faith, little lady, has made you whole because you dared to come up and touch the hem of my garment. I want you to know there's never a hopeless case that God cannot cure. There's not a hopeless case that God cannot solve. There's nothing hopeless about our life that God cannot deliver us. When she touched him, something powerful began to happen. That purity came out of him and cleansed her and cleansed her body. No wonder, no wonder we can say a lot about hope in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. I don't know how many of these he has on there. That Christ, and also in Romans 5 and 2, says that Christ is our hope of glory. So if we only have hope here in this life, we're of all men most miserable. We're putting our hope in a chest here. If we're putting our treasures in an earthly hope chest, we're going to be greatly disappointed. But if you're laying your treasures in a hope chest that's up in heaven, we're going to have a great reward one of these days because I have hope beyond this life, and that hope is in Christ Jesus. He said, if I had only hope in him. But the Bible tells us Jesus is our hope and our hope of glory. In 1 Timothy, Paul talks about Christ is our hope. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 19, Paul wrote that Jesus is a better hope than what we have in this life. Romans 5, in chapter 5, says, Our hope won't disappoint us. We will not be ashamed. In other words, God loves us. He's not going to let us down. They said, for God's love is in our hearts shed by the Holy Ghost, by God's Spirit. We're not going to be disappointed when we leave this earth. I'm not in a hurry to go. You know, we used to sing a song, Lorena Williams sang a song, Nobody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die. That's about the way it is, you know. We all want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. I'm not in a hurry to go, but I know, just like Paul wrote, that beyond here, beyond this life, folks, we have a hope that's beyond this life. Amen. And Romans says that that hope is in us, that we'll not be disappointed in that hope. We don't have to be ashamed of that hope that we have in the Lord. 
where God's love is in our hearts and it's shed in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Romans 8, chapter 24 says that we are saved by hope. We walk by faith, not sight, but we're saved by hope. I know it takes faith. I know it takes believing, but it takes hope also. You have to have hope. You have to put your trust, your hope, your treasures. Hope is a treasure. You have to place those in God, and He will not let us down. For Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he said, We have a living hope. Our hope is not dead, but we have a living hope. No wonder... No wonder that we can sing, and we can sing, and we do it here all the time. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Folks, that's where our hope is. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. If you build on anything else, you're building on the wrong thing. For our hope is alive, and our hope is in Christ, and your hope must be in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, amen in us, all right? Amen. amen. Say, so, well, he's wound up tonight. Well, sometimes I like to get wound up a little bit. I don't like to speak in a monotone voice all the time. All right. I got excited when I when, when the Lord gave this to me. I, I've never preached this before. I got maybe it's just for me. I got excited about it when God showed me the hope that I have. When we become desperate, when we become desperate, God will give us hope. God will give us hope. I said, "How do you get desperate?" In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, is that on, that's not up there? That's up there. I know what I mean. Elijah had been through lots of things already. He, he had seen miracles that you know, I would just wonder about. You know, I mean, great, wonderful things of God. But now he got afraid because he heard that that woman, I think it's always a woman, Jezebel was going to kill him. So he went to a cave and he kind of hid out of the You ever hid out? Have you ever hid? I'm talking to y'all. Have y'all ever hid? I'm not dead, are you? Have you ever hid? Have you ever went to church and hid? I've hid on the back few where I thought. I don't want nobody to see me. I don't even know I'm here. I hid. But he was afraid. He hid himself. God told him, come out here, I want to So God, desperate situation, at least the logic of it was, to read for yourself in 1 Kings chapter 19. The Bible says a great wind began to blow. In fact, as I read that, the wind blew so violently that it broke the rocks that 
thing can do that is a tornado. So a tornado come by. It's probably what it was, a great wind. If you've never been in a tornado, I want you to know it's a great wind because I've been in it. I don't want to go into it. That says God wasn't in the wind. Then all of a sudden the earth began to shake and begin to quake. Things began to break apart. And God wasn't in the earthquake. Then the fire fell from heaven. Again, by the way, this is not the first time Elijah had ever seen these things. The earth began to quake, but anyhow, the fire began to fall. And what astounding events were taking place. But the Bible says God wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. says his hope was in a still small voice. God wants us to listen to him. God has hope beyond our dreams. He has hope he wants to give us and show us. There's hope for anything we want to accomplish in the kingdom of God. But he wants to speak to us. It may not be in a big powerful event. It may not be in a big preaching somewhere. It may not be in some fantastic revival. It may just be a small voice that God speaks to you. Maybe he speaks this voice. I think I just may go ahead and see this. I'm just going to tell you the words, but I'll just see it. Some of you are this. Maybe God whispered this to me. Silent is the voice of an angel. Read the lesson I heard. Hope with a gentle persuasion. Whisper a comforting word. Wait till the darkness is over. Wait till the tempest is done. Hope for the sunshine tonight.
righteous man. I think, I imagine, what is God saving for me in his heart? turn around and I think, well, what am I putting in my heart as the blood of Christ? What am I putting the what treasures in my store? What is so valuable that I'm putting in place in this to see someone sick today. I called someone at the hospital today. And on and on and on and on we put all of these things in a hope chest. Why? Because we hope beyond this life. And the things that we're building up is the hope of glory that's going to come to every one of us one of these days. It's not a hope that's going to die. It's not a hope that's going to let us down. It's not a hope that's that God's not going to pay attention to because one of these days we're going to open up that hope chest and we'll say, Lord, hey, here's the things that I store up. And, and I don't just want to store them up. I, I want to give them to you, Lord. I want to give all my love to you, everything I have. Because when a bride puts things in a hope chest, they are awaiting a special day. And when that special day comes, when that special day comes, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. When that day comes, and that husband and that bride are joined together. Open up that hope chest. Whatever she had in there, it's not in there anymore. We used it. We have a hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. I didn't want to preach for a long time. I simply just wanted to give you what the Lord laid on my heart to let you know. Whatever our situation is, there's always Someone called me today, or probably last night, and asked me about an individual. And uh, I said, well, I met that individual. If you, you remember the young man that came in a couple of years ago, Chad White, he was, was beyond I walked in the orange box to tell you to give me some money. I don't remember. Yeah, I walked in 
hopeless young man can now, more than two years ago, he can walk all the way down this hall, he can swim, he can read, he can go to school, he can ride, he, he can do about everything. You can One side of him doesn't work well. He can feed himself. He can do everything. But all hope was gone. Wait a minute. But we know the Redeemer that has the hope. So, he reached down, God did, not me. God reached down in his hope chest, and he says, hey, look, you hear what I've got? And he put hope into that life and brought him back. So there's hope for all of us. There's a hope beyond this life. We have hope in this life. Paul said, I'm, I'm closing with this. If I had only hope in this life, I would be miserable. Didn't say don't have hope. But if I only had hope, what do people do that don't have any hope beyond this life? If I had hope only here, man, I'm going to tell you what. I, look right, I think the whole world's crazy sometimes. I know my colloquialism sometimes not very good, you know, but I'm something I think is they're just gone nuts crazy. But my hope's not here. My hope is beyond here. Amen? So remember, we have hope not only in this life, but we have hope in the Lord of glory that keeps us alive and is going to take us home with him with that whispering hope. God bless you tonight, and I hope you got something from this. Come on, Pastor.